0: Yo, what's going on good people? I'm back. Um, it's the holidays, so I'm feeling real generous, real joyous, uh, real blessed out here. So I decided to to bring some of that your way. Um, so I'm back, man. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Upcoming New Year to everybody out there, my sports family. Uh, it's, it's a good time right now, a good time of the year. Um, I got some good stuff coming up. I want to talk about those Christmas Day games. Um, the playoff picture is crazy in the NFL right now. It's wild right now. And we have the college football playoffs coming up. Though. Like, It's a good time to be a sports fan, let me tell you that. Um, but first, I just want to touch on something really quick. Um, it's something that's bothering me with everybody and the term rivalry for the lakers and the clippers because it's for me it's not a rivalry that's that shit's not real for me stay with me for a sec like in the grand scheme of things when a when a rivalry really happens it comes from hate disdain or a general dislike of that other team and that usually stems from losing, right? Losing something of value. You wanted something, they took it from you. That's where a rivalry really stems. Like, I don't like this team. They took X, Y, Z from me. There hasn't been that with the Clippers and the Lakers. They, they've they played two heated games, media heated games. The teams don't even really dislike. It's really just Pat Beverly talking to himself all night. That's it. Like, that's literally it. It's not a rivalry. A Christmas Day game does nothing for the grand scheme of things. Now, for the right now, it gives the Clippers confidence, and it shows some disparities between the two teams. That's valid. But to call it a rivalry, that shit has to stop. Like, can we play some playoff games first? Can it mean something first? Because as a Lakers fan, yeah, we lost, but can I still win the Pacific Division? Yeah. Do we still have the number one seed in the West? Yeah. Can we still win the West? Can we still win an NBA championship? Yeah. So what have they really taken away? Y'all worry about too much about what's going to happen. Worry about right now. As a Lakers fan, I feel fine. There's some things that every team needs to fix. But stop calling that shit a rivalry. That's crazy. Like everybody else, I think going into the Christmas ga- Day games, we were thinking... Ah, uh, okay, start the noon off right, thirty's good, take a nap at 5, watch Lakers Clippers go to bed, get ready for the next day after that. That's kind of what the schedule turned out to be after some unfortunate injuries to some key players. But, honestly, all of these games were pretty entertaining. If, if you look at all the games, they were surprising, entertaining, they had everything you asked for in Christmas Day games. Um, Boston and Toronto, first off, the NBA finally did what they needed to do and got the Knicks ass out of there. That's just, that has been awful. That's starting Christmas off with some coal. You don't want to give people that to start their Christmas day off. Come on. Thank you for finally making that change. But Boston and Toronto, I was disappointed that Siakam didn't play. I would have loved to see him on this stage because I said this last year that Siakam could be the number one option on a playoff caliber team someone basically tried to clown me but dude can really play like so I'm disappointed that he didn't play um but as we thought should have happened with no Siakam the Celtics went up north and took care of business um let me say this Jalen Brown makes them look really different if he can consistently do that i'm talking like make up for scoring where the nights where kimba doesn't have it and jason tatum don't have it if Jalen brown can do that and then you get a healthy gordon hayward this team is really tough dog like it's man they have three legit fringe all-stars like they won't get three all-stars but they have three all-star talents and then you have gordon hayward like who's a French all-star talent. Gordon Hayward was balling at the beginning of the season. So Boston is really tough, and they did what they were supposed to do. So for sure, credit to Boston for going up there and getting a big win, doing what they were supposed to do. Now, the second game was a huge surprise, probably not the biggest surprise that we saw of the day, but a pretty big surprise in my eyes because for me – when I look at the East, I think Milwaukee's head and shoulders above everyone else. So my takeaway from this game has less to do with Milwaukee and more to do with Philly, right? And so credit, let me let me give credit to Philly first for slowing down Giannis. 18 points, 8 for 27 from the field, 19 missed field goals the most in his career. So credit to Philly there for doing what they needed to do. And what you would think they would be able to do with Joel Embiid and Al Horford down low. So credit there. But in the bigger picture, I worry less about the Bucks. They've lost that's their fifth loss of the season. They're gonna be fine. For me, Philly is just constructed so oddly. They defensively it it looks good. Like defensively, you shouldn't be able to score on that team. But offensively, I just don't see how it can work on a consistent basis. Especially when you have Ben Simmons and he doesn't have even the threat of a jump shot, 15 footer. So it's tough. Philly's not going to hit 21 threes every night. You feel me? That is an anomaly for Philly. That doesn't happen. So I just, the construction of Philly is my takeaway from that game on Christmas. More than the Bucks going to Philly and losing a game on Christmas. I don't know. That that team in Philadelphia does nothing for me. Absolutely nothing. Now to the shocker of the damn day, the 5 o'clock games. Now, I hope nobody fell asleep during that game. That game was actually fairly entertaining. The Warriors played really, really hard, man. And it was like they, they wanted that game. And to win that game on Christmas when no one expects you to win says so much about Houston than it does about the Warriors. What the Warriors did is what we become accustomed to from the Warriors. We're used to them playing hard. We're used to them playing defense. We're used to them playing smart team basketball. So this game has more to do with the Rockets than it does with anybody else. Um, For me, my takeaway from that is we see you, Russell. I understand Russell is a former MVP, a triple-double king, but that's what he's suited for. He's suited to just be a setup. He is an excellent all-around player, but if you force him to be a volume shooter, he's going to shoot you out of a game more often than not. And that's exactly what the Warriors forced him to do. 11 for 32 from the field, over 8 from the three-point line, that's that's what you want. That's who you want shooting the ball. That's exactly what they did to him in OKC. They were like, we're not going to let Paul George beat us. We're going to make you beat us. He's not going to be able to do it. I don't know. But that's my biggest takeaway. And it's just now these rumors of the Rockets potentially shopping Russell. It's like, damn, this organization feels like it's in shambles. It just feels like it's just under shaky management and it's trickling down to the court. I just don't trust them. They have to show me. Christmas means nothing. Show me. Like, so that's my biggest takeaway. But salute to the Warriors fighting. You know what they're gonna do. They're gonna be scary if they get a lottery pick. Do you understand me? Not even if they use it. They can trade it. Oh my goodness. Steph Clay coming back. An interested Draymond. Like, man, dude. They're going to be so crazy. Now, the headliner. The Clippers and the Lakers. The 8 o'clock showdown. I don't know. There was a lot of hype surrounding this game. And... I feel like it lived up to it. It was hot. And let me say one thing. The Clippers never, they never went away in this game. The Lakers gave a lot of shots to the Clippers, and they never went away. They never wavered. Um, People were going to make a lot of this individual matchup. It was a playoff atmosphere, but it's still December. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. There's a lot of things about a a different person to learn as far as chemistry goes and that's my takeaway from that Clippers Lakers game was I don't know there's still a lot to learn on both sides there's things that I do know that Clippers team is just a that's a dog like think of the most vicious dog that you've ever encountered Um, I've had a few walking home from school well rather I was running home from school so think of the most vicious dog you've ever encountered. That's the Clippers. They, there's no quit. They're going to be on you. They're coming at you. They're in your face. What's up? And the Lakers, with all their talent and all their accolades and all their accomplishments on that team, it's just I, I don't know what's going to happen come May and April. I just I just don't know. Um, but that was an impressive win from the Clippers. Like I said, they took every shot that the Lakers gave them, and they hit back. We know what they're going to do defensively. They held the Lakers to 41% shooting from the field, 27% from the three-point line. The Lakers have a legit problem. They, they need to find a, a, another shooter that can help there. Kuzma stepped up, and they're going to need that consistently because that bench is starting to slow down. We're getting deeper into the season and it's starting to slow down. And it's not as shiny as we once thought it was. They they didn't turn the ball over, but I don't know. The the Clippers just weathered the storm and consistently. And just like the best player on their team, they were just they just stayed in it, stayed in it, kept it going, kept going, and ended up on top. Kawhi is amazing. Like literally, he can do everything you want want a player can do to do he's starting to incorporate do you see his handle his handle has become crazy <laughs> like what he's I'm like huh 35 12 5 11 for 19 from the field come on dude man that's that's just tough and no one else even really had it going I don't know I'm I'm worried that LeBron may be a little more injured than we know because he hasn't been as aggressive. 12 three-point shots? Why on why on earth would LeBron James shoot 12 three-point shots? And that stems all the way back to the Pacers game. I was there present. He wasn't as aggressive, and it just kept being less and less aggressive. 12 three-point shots in one game. That's concerning. But all in all, I mean, you know me, I'm not really too concerned about a Christmas Day game. Yes, like I mentioned, that gives the Clippers an array of confidence that we can beat these dudes. Not even that they needed that. They, they already came into the, to the game knowing, we can beat these dudes. They came into the opening day knowing, we can beat these dudes. Um, but the Lakers didn't do themselves any favors by not showing the Clippers that no, you can't beat these dudes, so it just makes up for an interesting narrative for the rest of the season, but as as a fan, i'm what am I really concerned about? what What have they taken? There's been one there's been two victories in a regular season. Take them. I'm not concerned there's there's no issue there It's time to regroup. There's some things I'm concerned about internally but as far as the western conference there's there's no concern on my end it's all about what the lakers need to fix so but yeah that was that was the big matchup of the game and speaking of lakers let's talk about a former laker and his kind of coming out party honestly like the other game the 10:30 game that my boy devin said he was going to go to bed on and get ready for work like ended up being a pretty pretty decent game so before i talk about brandon ingram and his performance in that game let's start with the nuggets and the nuggets are just even though they're 21 and 9 there's just something missing about the nuggets for me they just don't do it for me as a a legit contender to the clippers or the lakers hell i will take luca In the Mavericks over the Nuggets, I will take them in the seven-game series. For me, it's really all to do with my belief at the beginning of the season that Jamal Murray was going to take the next step and improve on the numbers that he put up last year, but his numbers are almost identical to his same numbers from 2018. So he hasn't taken that step. 8 points, 2 of 10 shooting. 0 for 2 from the 3 point line. Like, you, as a second player, as my Robin, I need more. Especially, Jokic definitely needs more because on any given night, he's more inclined to defer because he's a playmaker. So, Jamal Murray's role is to knock down shots. He doesn't do that as at a high enough clip for me. He's not as aggressive as his personality and his antics make him seem because when he hits a shot you would think that he's Steph Curry like and that's the problem for the Nuggets there's when I look down their team for me their second best player is Paul Millsap that lets you know everything that you need to know about the Nuggets chance of contending in the West so I'm not surprised that they lost on Christmas the biggest surprise is the The reason they lost, and I'm not even going to say that that's a surprise because he's been balling all damn season. Like, my bad, Brandon. When when the trade talks dropped about which young player out of that court was going to get traded, I never vouched for Brandon Ingram. I was like, take his ass. He can go. Ah, he can go. Those bad shots. But this year, dude has been balling. And he showed it on a national stage, thirty-one point seven rebounds on eighteen shots. Like, not only is he he aggressive, he looks strong, he looks crafty. He's he's shooting the ball at a high clip, seven and nine from the three point line. Uh, no, not Brandon Ingram in a purple and gold jersey, man. So I'm I'm really happy for um, Bi out there balling fellow brotherhood duke nation you know um so i'm happy for his ascension into this league and to be able to show it on a big stage because the the pelicans we know we know the pelicans aren't any good they're not they're not in 23 no one's stopping to watch the pelicans until zion gets back but for brandon and ingram to be balling out man hey salute to you man go get your contract buckets dog i see you i see you getting your contract buckets man um uh, So yeah, man. Christmas Day, Christmas Day was dope. Uh, It's just a really big sports week slash weekend. Definitely, it's definitely definitely a big sports weekend. Uh, So Saturday, I'm I'm gonna be glued into those semifinal games. Um, Just to know that we have the four best teams in the playoffs. It it hasn't felt that way for a while. Like, but I feel like these these are the four best teams left remaining um, in college football. The first matchup is a little, for me, if I'm honestly feeling, I can't go against LSU. They've proven that they can beat a team time and time again, whether it's Texas, Auburn, Bama, it doesn't matter. You put it in front of them, they're going to knock them down. Georgia, it, they're going to knock them down. Like, I can't bet against LSU. Big Bank burrow that man is a dog and his swagger is crazy like Joe Burrow is i I can't bet against that man forty eight touchdowns I can't that lSU offense credit to Coach o and his willingness to go out there and hire a staff to kind of turn that offense around because for the past few years probably the damn of the whole decade. LSU's offense has just been, yeah. so to see a change in that with those caliber of receivers, man, um, I don't know how Oklahoma can beat that. Oklahoma's had a great season, way to claw their way back and even get in the playoff picture. Um, so credit to them, and Jalen Hurts is a hell of a quarterback. I think he can play in the league. I really do, with the change of the league and how the dual quarterbacks have been thriving in the league. He can definitely play in the league and be a starter somewhere. I think he has that type of work ethic and capability. So, But that defense is improved, but it's not improved enough to be ready for Big Bang Burrow and that LSU offense. I think LSU takes that first game. I think it's going to be a shootout, though. It's not going to be as bad as everyone thinks. Oklahoma is going to be competitive. I think Lincoln Riley has some schemes ready to score some points, but I just don't see how that, that defense stops LSU's offense. That offense is way too crazy. Um, now, Ohio State and Clemson might be – it's probably the best matchup I've ever seen on paper that I can remember, That that I really can remember. There may be two others – Maybe the Texas-USC game. That was one of the greatest college football games I've ever watched in my life. And I feel like Ohio State-Clemson has a chance to be to that level. When I tell you (laughs) that is a pickem, like, Clemson is a powerhouse. And now they're a powerhouse with a chip on their shoulder, playing the underdog role. That is so tough. That offense... Travis Etienne is probably the best running back outside of maybe Jonathan Taylor if you want to throw him out there, and then of course you have Trevor Lawrence. Like then those receiver Justin Ross, uh, T Higgins. Like that offense is so good, and that defense. Now they're missing a bit of a beat at the defensive line level. They don't have Christian Wilkins and those type of caliber players anymore up there. But in the back half and the sec- they're they're good man. That's a really good team, but they're going against probably one of the best teams that I've seen, like since I've been an adult slash teenager where I can really recognize talent and break down games. this Ohio State team is probably one of the best teams I've ever watched they're They're a machine dog there's There's nothing you can do with Ohio State, man. They can run it, they can pass it. Justin Fields is amazing. He only threw one pick. Like, come on, man. They have receivers, Olave. They have running back, J.K. Dobbins. Chase Young was a top five Heisman candidate. Like, come on, man. They that there's a lot of talent on the Ohio State team. And you think like, oh, Clemson, they've been there, this time. the third. Cle- Ohio State has been smacking everyone they've played. Oh, it's the big team. I don't care. The Big Ten probably is the most consistent conference, top to bottom, in the nation. And they just smacked everybody. That Ohio State team is probably one of the best teams I've ever seen. And I'm hoping that this is one of the best games I've ever seen. I'll take Ohio State, though. I I just think Ohio State just – they have a little too much. Clemson is (sighs) – they're so talented, and this game is really a toss up. I wouldn't be mad at you if you pick Clemson, but for me, Ohio State is one of the best teams I've ever seen. And I think they set up an epic national championship matchup with LSU uh, next Monday. So, um, And we're finally getting to meaningful football. All those useless bowl games, like even. I, that's, I'll save that for another day, uh, how I feel about the bowl games, but definitely something something to look forward to on saturday leading into the pros on sunday week 17 it got here so fast i couldn't believe that week 17 is here on us already uh i knew the season was getting late when wow i was like damn my uh, my fantasy playoffs are here and uh shout out to ak's chosen ones uh, winning my fantasy league congrats bro uh great job out there um but, yeah, man, the pros, there's still something to play for uh, in the NFL right now. There's there's only maybe a few playoff spots locked up. I know Minnesota is locked up six in the NFC, but, like, there's still playoff spots available. Uh, just even looking at the AFC, Oakland still has playoff hopes. They need Buffalo to lose. They need Pittsburgh to lose. They need Tennessee to lose. Uh, like, they need all of that to happen. They need the coach to win uh, just to get into the playoffs. Uh, but they're still alive. Uh, for me, uh, I, I think it's a good idea, Baltimore, sitting down Lamar. There's nothing to play for, no reason to take those hits. But if I'm a coach in that situation, I think I play. If you can play, play. But we're going to play you on a pitch count. That's how you keep your players. Like, that's cons- that's honestly playing a live game because the only way you get live get ready for live action is by playing the game and you can't simulate that in practice so I would have them on a pitch count this week if you can play Lamar's not playing I don't need him to play Mark Ingram Mark Andrews nobody's playing so I completely understand where Baltimore's coming from with that but if it was me if you can play you're gonna play on the pitch count can Tennessee hold on to six in the AFC um Will Kansas City jump up to two? So there's just some seating still left open. That six spot is very interesting with some pretty interesting scenarios, like I mentioned, for the Raiders. Uh, but I think the one that everyone's most, most interested in is where everyone's going to land in the crazy-ass NFC. Uh, NFC has been wild. The number one seed is still up for grabs. Um, If San Francisco just happens to lose at home against Seattle, which I don't think that's going to happen personally. I understand that Seattle gets the boost of energy of beast mode, but you just don't jump off the couch and become beast mode, bro. Like he's going to be able to run in between the tackles, bring some physicality to the game, bring an element of the run. It helps, but I don't think he makes that much of a difference the 49ers should win this game even on the road and lock up the number one seed for the NFC. So if that was to happen and that was to become true, Green Bay would lock up number two. Seattle, Not Seattle. <laughs> New Orleans would lock up number three. Then we would get to the crazy-ass NFC East. Like, neither one of these bums deserve it. Like, there's a legit chance that philly can go to new york and lose to the giants just a couple weeks ago they they didn't even score against the giants on monday night football in the first half against eli like come on bro so there's a legit chance that they can go on the road and lose to the giants and the cowboys could sneak in the cowboys could actually get in the playoffs after all of this mess that is wild to me so just looking up and down the standings, there's not every team has their question marks, whether it be from personnel to injury to coaching to whatever experience, it doesn't matter. Every every team has their question marks, um, even Baltimore. Baltimore has their question marks of experience as far as the quarterback position. I know he's had an amazing season, but games get a little different and can can he go win a game with his arm that matters. Like I'm not saying that he can't, but we have to see it. So it's a question mark. New England, what is their offense? What 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 do we really see? What are we going to see and can they if they can give us 24 points like they did last week against Buffalo, then pencil them into the AFC Championship game. But if they can't, then it's gonna be pretty damn tough to keep Patrick Mahomes to seventeen points or under. Keeping Lamar Jackson under twenty points. Come on, that's it's gonna to be tough. And Kansas City, the last few weeks, maybe the last four to five weeks, they their defense has played like a top ten defense. If that's the consistency that they're gonna get from their defense, then they may as well be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, there's there's plenty of questions. Um, NFC. NFC is probably, this is the most competitive conference I've ever seen. Like, the NFC has, everyone is in double-digit wins outside of Philly. So, you're telling me that we're going to have a 10 or 11 win Minnesota team at the 6th seed? we're going to have an 11 or 12 win Seattle team at the five seed. So for me, there's, there's really only those records are a little misleading as far as competitively in the NFC. For me, it's San Francisco, Green Bay, or New Orleans. One of those three would be representing the NFC. And I guess that's 50%. But the rest, Seattle, I just don't, after losing so much at the running back position, I just don't trust them and their inconsistency on the road. I do trust Russell Wilson, even though he's been struggling a bit, but I just don't think that their personnel can match up with those three teams. And Minnesota has a problem, an $84 million problem in Kirk Cousins. He hasn't won a big game. He can't win a big game. He can't, he's not the guy to be like, hey, bro, can you go win us a game? I need you to go win us two games in the playoffs. Can you do that? He's not that guy. So with that being said, I just I think Minnesota is in the the group of six, the bottom six for me, and that includes, like, whoever is the NFC East winner, Seattle, uh, like I said, Minnesota, Tennessee, Houston, Buffalo. Those group of six, I think those organizations really don't have a path at this point to representing their conference in the Super Bowl. And that leaves San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans, Houston, not Houston, Baltimore, New England. Houston's not even going to get close. You know what they're going to do. They're going to choke. Baltimore, New England, and Kansas City. I think one of those three squads will be representing their conference in the Super Bowl come February. So I'm not ready to make my pick. I'm not sure just yet who who will be there, but it's starting to sort out to see who's at least going to play to get there. Um, good slate of games come week 17. It's always good come week 17 to have the teams playing for something important. So it's just not a throwaway game. So that's always nice. I'm glad that the NFL changed the division games to week 17. That's nice. So, but man, I'm getting past my limit here. So I've been talking to y'all enough and chatting your face off. So I do appreciate you guys sticking it out with me. I do mean that. It means a lot to me hopefully we'll have another episode coming up soon man if they bring me my damn computer i ordered a computer and i ordered a chromebook it was just super small and i couldn't do nothing with it so i'm gonna send it back so waiting for that to come back so if i get that back we may be able to rock but if not until next time people happy holidays and a happy new year (music)